Hi, it's Matt. Just before we start the show, I want to tell you about a great live event I've got coming up on the 27th of March. To celebrate 600 episodes of Recruiting Future, I'm going to be hosting a live Ask Me Anything webinar. This is your chance to pick my brain on anything you like, including market trends and predictions, the impact of AI on recruiting, skills-based hiring, the changing role of recruiters, podcasting tips, or even my favourite Scottish tourist destinations and whiskies. Literally, ask me anything. I'll also be joined by some surprise special guests who'll be adding their perspectives to the conversation. You can sign up now by going to mattalder.me slash AMA. That's mattalder.me slash AMA. And I really look forward to seeing you there. That web address one last time. mattalder.me slash AMA. There's been more of scientific discovery, more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Hello and welcome to episode 19 of the Recruiting Future podcast. The last few episodes of the show have dealt with employer branding in one way or another, and I think this reflects the current interest in the topic in the marketplace. It's certainly something that a lot of my clients are talking to me about at the moment. One of the areas of employer branding that doesn't get much airtime, though, is how you measure its impact. My guest this week is Andy Kalewis from Cielo. Andy has a huge amount of experience in the employer branding space and was very happy to share Cielo's methodology for employer brand measurement. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another Recruiting Future podcast interview. Um, it's Monday morning um, and uh, it's bright and sunny where I am. And uh, my guest this week is Andy Kalewis from Cielo. Hi, Andy. How are you? Good morning, Matt. Yes, huzzah for Monday. All very good. Always a pleasure. Um, could you uh, sort of tell everyone a little bit about, about yourself, um, you know, what you do uh, at Cielo, who you work with, that kind of stuff? Yeah, sure. Um, so, um, so, yeah, I run the, uh, the global brand, digital and communications practice for, uh, for Cielo. Um, Cielo, for those that don't know, it's a, a talent consulting and outsourcing business, uh, more commonly known as, as RPO. Um, so I guess um, RPOs are interesting businesses. Um, we, uh, I guess, for Cielo have I know somewhere between 100, 150 enterprise relationships with uh, generally large multinational businesses or healthcare systems, uh, whereby they'll outsource part or all of the recruitment process. So um, the practice that we uh, that we run within that business is, uh, if you like, a business within a business, which looks after the brand, uh, digital, and communications components of that. Um, I guess uh, I've been here three or four years now. Uh, my background is um, is marketing agencies, digital agencies, uh, both corporate and consumer, which is obviously where I had the pleasure of meeting you many years ago. Matt. Of course, absolutely. Um, in fact, many many years ago, fifteen. Oh, <laughs> You're not supposed to say how many. That's uh, <laughs> that's uh, that's, uh, that's not absolutely. Good. But uh, as with a common theme with many of the folk that um, that I think uh, you've interviewed over uh, these podcasts, um, my original business uh, entry was around it was casinos and logistics and airplanes. So uh, often, you know, people we find ourselves coming into it from very different uh, perspectives. 
Cool. Okay. Um, and uh, I think this is actually the, uh, the the third or sort of fourth episode in a row where we've been talking about employer branding in some kind of aspect. What's your definition of employer branding? <laughs> That's a great question. Um, look, I guess um, there's there's two statements um, I, I often kind of gravitate to, and, and um, as, as you may know, there's been a lot of discussion recently, and I've been talking a lot around that. You know, what actually do we mean by this? But um, okay, so the first one that I often kind of go back to is that look, a brand isn't a product, a promise, or a feeling. Um, it's the sum of all the experiences you have with a company, and most crucially of all, what differentiates that company from the rest. Um, and obviously, when we're talking about a career. Uh, it's a pretty sophisticated sell. You're not selling a widget or a solution. Um, I think the other thing that um, I find um, kind of cuts through and makes things um, a little bit clearer for a lot of folk as well is that finding people is only half the challenge in these days of the Tinterweb and all the great tools and recruiters and uh, infrastructure that we have. Uh, but I guess it's, it's more about convincing the right ones to join now and then, you know, hey, maybe even inspiring them to stay and do great things. Um, so I guess uh, those are the two dimensions or outputs of, uh, of brand. Okay, um, and I think uh, the interesting thing is about people people staying and doing great things. And I think increasingly, you know, what I'm finding in the conversations that I'm having is yeah, that's becoming the most important part, sort of recruiting the right people, but people who are going to, um, you know, em- embrace the company's brand and, and sort of really perform in their jobs. Do you, do you find that as well? Yeah, it, it is. It, it's um, <clears throat> one of the... Um Talent has, or HR operations, or however, we, however we kind of um, name um, the uh, the structure that looks after people. Um, you know, often there was traditionally been a, a, a gap between talent acquisition and, and talent management, or as we used to call it in the old days, recruitment um, and uh, and talent management. Um, and I, I guess you know one can't be successful without the other. Getting people in through the front door to see them just swing straight out the back door. Um, you know that that can't be uh, that, that can't be fruitful or effective, um, and I guess that's why it's it's interesting as an RPO business when you're looking at the metrics that you're applying to to value. Um, you know, value is 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 about total uh, value, total uh, value of cost, um, and this means recruitment prevention um, and stopping uh, some of the uh, the regretted attrition that that can kind of happen. So, um, you know, for recruitment or talent acquisition to be truly successful, it's got to be feeding into an ongoing process that. Uh, in itself is successful, and, and there is a virtual circle there. Um, if one is completely broken, then the other, by definition, is going to be a real challenge. I think that's interesting in, in terms of you touched on measurement there, which is what I really want to uh, talk about. But b- b- before I ask you about that, um, how do you think the internet and perhaps social media in particular has changed the way that organizations should think about employer branding? Um, well, um, I think um, employer, brand, employer branding as a notion um, probably goes back a, a, in, even further than, um, than when the, the, the phrase was first coined. This is, this is not something that we've just invented for the modern world. This is um, how we think and act within, uh, within wider structures, in this case companies. So, um, you know, it's, it's very much been around for a long time, but I guess the real uh, impact or consequence of the digital age is, is just the acceleration um, of, of, uh, of access to knowledge and transparency. Uh, you know, if we talk about the digital age, really, it's in many respects, it's the age of, of truth and transparency. It's difficult to, it's difficult to hide behind those, uh, those corporate walls of, uh, of management babble. Um, and so, uh, so for me, when it comes to the digital channels, social media, so forth, um, you know, there's just a real need 
um, to make sure that, that what we're saying and how we're saying it, um, it really does reflect who and what we are. Because if it doesn't, it's very clear to those immediate stakeholders, whether they're employees or candidates or customers or whatever it might be, that actually, you know, there's a, a visage there, but it's not necessarily true. And that's often more dangerous than, uh, than not have, having any communications at all. Okay, no, I, I, I think I completely agree. So uh, coming back to measurement then, um, I think you guys have done some really interesting stuff in terms of measuring employer brand impact, measuring what you're doing, all that kind of stuff. How do you measure this stuff? Well, um, I think the first, um, the starting point is um, is an acceptance that um, employer brand has, uh, has has truly succumbed to buzzword bingo. Um, okay. It's... Uh, <laughs> It's. Um, I mean, look. It's. It's gone so mainstream over the last few years. There's. Um, uh, the. The. The number of marketing agencies that will still do that. The. The number of in-house heads of employer brand, employer brand manager, officer, um, and then obviously a, a lot of other players within the marketplace, such as RPO businesses, consulting businesses, uh, outsource partners. Um, there are so many different organisations out there which which are, are really kind of talking about this or offering services and solutions. It's. It's. It's really difficult for organizations to kind of cut through all of that and go well okay what actually is really really important and how can okay. i measure that um and so i think one of the the great things that we've been able to do is you know if you're representing employer brand for 100 multinational businesses whereby an rpo's commercials are only really focused on successful outcomes um, not just transactional recruitment fees but time to hire quality of hire uh, recruitment prevention, these kind of things. What that does is to really focus the mind on what works. If our team creates a, an employer brand that actually doesn't resonate and isn't true, uh, or a website that actually doesn't drive the right conversions of the right people, then you know we've got a whole load of recruiters that know where we sit. So um, you know that does kind of uh, focus them okay. in making sure. Fair enough, yeah. So look, I guess we we. We looked at all the different models that were out there, um, you know, from the CEB to Talent Brand Index to uh, all sorts of things that were there, and, and you know, all of which were great and robust in many respects, but obviously all of which were, were uh, also from uh, from those with vested interest as well. So uh, we tried to distill all of that down into into four or five, um, you know, core areas of measurement. Uh, the first one of which is obviously brand, um, so awareness, perception, engagement, consideration, and advocacy. Universal, okay. obviously, for their emerging talent, have a, a similar kind of model, um, and these are generally tend to be some of the um, places where you'll see a lot of the current measurements focus most of their time. So, um, the number of followers, fans, um, media reach, um, perceptions. You might have the talent brand index, our, our old friend Sunday Times, um, all these kind of things. The second kind of core that we have is is attraction. A um, bit of an old school word, word that these days, but you know, here we're talking about reach, engagement, um, conversion, and ROI. Um, and that ROI is the critical thing. That's the, where the rubber hits the road from brand um, into attraction. Now, obviously, if ROI is good, that means that your baseline metrics, which is our third component, this is cost of hire, time to hire, quality of hire, conversion ratios, those kind of uh, levers. Okay. Um, you know, if those are right, then your ROI is fine. However, there are three more um, on the balance scorecard that we look at. One is performance. Um, this is uh, regretted attrition, uh, engagement surveys, performance rankings, um, succession planning, um, the diversity and agility of your business, which then opens us up to the fifth, which is diversity in itself. Um, and again, through the different stages of uh, recruitment and even um, 
uh, and engagement and beyond. And then the, the final one is, you know, these are uh, business constructs or programs within complicated organizations. So you've got to be able to build a business case. You've got to be able to deploy these programs. You've got to make sure that you've engaged the stakeholders in the right way. You've got to be able to budget accordingly for it. And then you've got to be able to manage it, measure it, and prove the ROI of the program itself. So it's becoming more complicated as, uh, as, as our businesses get more sophisticated. But those the, that's the kind of balance scorecard that we look at. Okay, um, what have you, what have you learned from um, applying that to employer brand activity? What, what, what you know, what what kind of comes out of that? Um, so, <clears throat> we find that um, on the maturity curve, there are two things that we're looking for. We're looking for those quick wins. Um, we're looking for those really um, visible um, or effective activities that can be deployed. Um, the other thing that, um, that we look for a lot is, is sustainability. Um, how can we put in place something um, which is truly going to measure effective performance? But you know what? More importantly, how can you put in place something which is going to be adopted, i.e. people are actually going to use these measurements? There's no point having a fantastic dashboard if no one's putting the right data in. Yes. Um, if, you ha- if you haven't got the guys or the girls putting that data in in the first place, caring about what, how important that data is and why it needs to be um, loved and looked after and, and put into the dashboard and then analyzed and reported on the right way. If, they, if they're not getting that, then they're not going to put it in correctly and the whole process um, really becomes um, playing with numbers and, uh, and statistics. So, um, yeah, just trying to make it as sustainable as possible and the key thing there is adoption. Okay. Um- so what's next? What, you know, we've we've talked about how employer branding has uh, you know has 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 changed with the internet and social media. Uh, what do you think's next in in this space? What's going to happen in the next uh, you know eighteen months to three years? Yeah, it's it's kind of interesting, isn't it? In the sense that um, you know when when people talk about a lot of the current market trends around uh, around where we are at the moment, um, you know we increasingly talk around things like convergence or you know what's the relationship with candidate communications and um, uh, and the customer, particularly when you know let's say you're in a B two B environment, you know you're selling to and hiring from the same group of people, and it's your people that deliver the customer experience and all that kind of stuff. So you know there continues to be a, a significant. Um, kind of focus on that. Um, I'm not really sure that um, you know we've got that right yet. Um, you know, CLO's greatest ever case study was um, was was Summerfield or or the co-op where you know their recruitment fees were aligned directly into uh, sales per square foot of stores that they recruited into. Um, you know, just such such a great story um, that it's it's. I'd love to see that, those kind of scenarios happening again. And and you know the principles of brand and 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 how that translates in between your your recruitment and your uh, your sales or your your customer satisfaction would would just be fantastic. Um, I do think that um, you know content will content marketing um, will take a renewed focus. Um, you know the old buzzwords of talent pools and communities and so forth. We've really kind of flogged those to death over the last few years. Um, I do think that people are getting better now at understanding what it means to set those up, and also what it means to kind of manage those and drive meaningful outcomes from it. And again, this whole business of sustainability, none of this stuff is going to work, whether it's dashboards, reporting, brand strategies, beautiful, creative, wonderful websites. None of it's going to work if people don't adopt it. And content generation and marketing, or as I think it was Matt Charney or Lars in his previous podcast said, you know, the hiring managers have got to own this. 
when the hiring managers are generating the right content, when they're owning recruitment, when they're owning brands for their teams and their people, as well as their wider organizations, that's what's going to really drive uh, effective conversions. Andy, thank you very much for talking to me. Uh, Matt, it's been an absolute pleasure. Have a great day. My thanks to Andy Kalewis. You can subscribe to this podcast in iTunes or on Stitcher. You can listen to past episodes and read show notes and also subscribe to the mailing list at www.rfpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. I'll be back next week and I hope you'll join me. This is my show. Hi, my name is Sarah, and I want to tell you about my podcast called Can I Offer You Some Feedback? I'm a business consultant and executive coach with over 20 years experience in change management, leadership development, and naturally providing feedback to high performers. My podcast is for those of you who have a complicated relationship with feedback, whether giving, receiving, avoiding, or seeking. Feedback is essential for our development. In each episode, you'll hear from real people across industries with their ideas, perspectives, and best practices on feedback. I'll also be sharing business bites with you, simple explanations of organizational tools, management techniques, and leadership philosophies that will help you and your businesses thrive. You can listen to Can I Offer You Some Feedback on your favorite podcast app or learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com.